I've never considered myself a maverick. Yeah, I'm, I'm, in many ways, I'm independent, a loner, uh, probably more of an introvert than I am an extrovert. But to be a maverick, nah, probably never considered myself that. But the idea popped in my mind last week while I was on vacation. The missus and I went to Nebraska. Now, some of you are saying, why in the world would you go to Nebraska for a vacation? Good question. Well, the main reason was that's where my daughter and her family live, her husband and her three sons. So to get the opportunity to go out there is you'd bounce on that one. You just jump on it. And the reason being is because the opportunity to be with my daughter and watch what's happening in her life and then continue to watch as my grandsons grow, man, that, that's an amazing experience. While we were there, we watched a movie, Top Gun Maverick. And I am so glad that I was able to watch it with them because to not only see the movie, which in my opinion is a great movie, but also to watch their reactions while they're watching the movie was, it was amazing. One of the things that caught me there is Tom Cruise, his tagline, what he's known as is Maverick. And throughout the movie, one of the ideas that the theme that I continued to see again and again was that there is a balance between being a maverick, a loner, and being part of a team. You've got to strike this balance between those two. Because to go alone is one thing, but if you're going into battle, you better have your wingmen back there. You better have someone watching the backside, if you would. And so that idea of a maverick kind of gave it a new balance to it. The balance between being a loner, going on your own, being self-reliant, and on the other side of that is this whole idea of relying upon other people, knowing that you can't make it on your own. Well, the term maverick did not originate with the movie Top Gun, kind of quite obvious. What is interesting, though, is the origin of this term maverick. It appeared in about the mid-19th century, and it arises from the name of a Texas rancher by the name of Samuel A. Maverick. Now, Texas, you kind of get that idea. In Texas, there seems to be some very independent-minded individuals, some mavericks. So the term to be a maverick actually began to catch on during this period of time because Sam Maverick, he did not brand his cattle, just want to do it. And some people said that he, the reason he didn't was because he didn't want to hurt the cattle. Maybe. Other people said that because he never branded his cattle, if he found a, a, another cow, a bull, that was not branded, he could bring it into his herd and no one would know if it was his or belonged to someone else because Maverick had no brands on his herd. So this idea of a Maverick being a disposition to be different from the herd, to mosey through life unbranded, that's where this whole idea comes from of Maverick. 
So the question is, as we look at part two here at Mind the Ear of spiritual but not religious, the question is, an individual who identifies as spiritual but not religious, are they mavericks? In the spiritual realm, ask yourself this question, can a person be a maverick? We know that the number of individuals who identify as spiritual but not religious, or SBNR, we know that they tend to go alone. So the question is, is it possible to be spiritual but not religious and be a maverick? Well, the answer to that was provided by Isaac Hecker who is a, was a 19th century convert to Catholicism, and he became a priest and founded the American religious order known as the Paulist. And he said the following, religion helps you to connect and correct. You are invited into a community to connect with one another and with the tradition, and at the same time, you are corrected when you need to be. So this idea of being a maverick is called into question for those two reasons. Can a person be a maverick or do you miss out on something? Do you miss out on this whole idea of being connected and corrected? We're going to look at those two areas, connected and corrected, right after this break. One of the reasons that individuals leave religion, and in particular, in our setting, leaving Christianity or the church, which, by the way, is quite interesting, isn't it? to identify the church, Christianity, and religion all in one. It's really hard at times to distinguish between what we're talking about because I think it's a tendency to lump, lump them all together. Well, one of the reasons individuals say they leave religion is because they want to be liberated or freed from the shackles of organized religion. Now, the word shackles has the idea of restraint, something that impedes you. And for many individuals, that which restrains them or impedes them is organized religion. Why? Because they believe it is limiting. It, it takes away their freedom. And the way they do that is because of the traditions and the orthodoxy, the teachings. They, they feel like it's confining. They don't have a lot of wiggle room, room to explore. So many individuals walk away from religion and they still have a belief of something beyond themselves, so they say they're spiritual. So that's why we get the SBNR, spiritual but not religious. But what happens usually is these individuals who walk away from religion kind of become their own maverick, they're loners, don't want to be branded. What happens over time is they miss community. Studies have shown that there is a direct correlation between mental health and connection with other people. 
to be connected. It's, it's good for up here. And many individuals would go on and further say that it's, it's good for in here. So, these individuals end up trying to find another community. The community they left, church, religion, Christianity, whichever way you want to call it, the community they left, they feel they were no longer connecting with because it was too confining. So they go and find another community. So, for example, if an individual who identifies as LGBTQ+, they, they need perhaps a, a community where they feel connected with other people, people who are similar to them, people that they can relate to. Or, for example, an individual leaves religion because they no longer believe in God, either agnostic questioning, or atheist, definitive, no God. They too would look for a group. But if you belong to an LGBTQ plus community, and then you, you begin to question the legit, le, excuse me, legitimacy of being transgender, of being gay, being queer, and you voice that in that community, how long do you think you would last? I mean, really, how long would you be, if you begin to have these questions? You see, when we are connected with other people in a community, whether we like it or not, there comes with it expectations. Kind of an understanding. This is what unites us. And if you begin to call that into question, do you belong anymore? What about the, uh, if you joined a humanist group, you identify as agnostic or atheist for a period of time, and then you begin reading, you watch a few things on YouTube, and it's like, man, maybe, maybe there is a God. Maybe I shouldn't have gone this far. And so you begin to have doubts about being an atheist, begin to wonder if there is something beyond yourself, and you share that in your group. How long would you last? How welcome would you be? Is it possible to belong to a community and not be part of the sense of what expectations are? You know, I, I join a Facebook group occasionally. And when I join them, they have, or a Reddit group, they have these guidelines, these, these uh, behavioral things that you need to abide by. What kind of post you can put up? Well, if you choose not to do that, or if you speak out against what the group stands for, there's a really good chance you're not going to be comfortable, and you might be excluded. So in many ways, those individuals who got tired of the church, got tired of Christianity, got tired of religion, and walked away from it, if they join another group, there's a possibility that the same thing might happen again. So being connected is, while it's really important for our mental health and well-being, at the same time, you have to live within that community. And being a part of a community, it means that 
you might hit up against something that you disagree with. It means that you might have to learn from traditions that are older than you. And those traditions can be not only ancient that you find in different religions, but they can only possibly only be decades old. And then when you're part of a community, you realize how small you really are. Especially when you stand and reflect upon the legacy of those who went before you. So to be spiritual but not religious, I, w I, I really believe that eventually being a maverick, going completely on your own, it leaves a void. You end up missing something. So the question is, when you leave one community and the connection that you had for another community, is it possible that the difficulties that you felt when you belonged to one community, you might end up feeling again? And if that's the case, then being connected, while it is vital for your mental health, it is also a way in which you grow. And that's why the second part comes in. Connected and corrected. Because it's with correction that we grow individually and collectively. And when we come back, that's our next topic. Spiritual but not religious. Is it possible to be that and miss out on being corrected. There's a book entitled Habits of the Heart. It's written by Robert Bella. He is a sociologist of religion. And in there, he interviewed a woman by the name of Sheila. And he asked her about her religious beliefs. And this is what she said. I believe in God. I, I, now, again, I'm not a religious fanatic. I can't remember the last time when I went to church. My faith has carried me a long way. It's Sheilaism. Just my own little voice. You hear that? It's Sheilaism. When you are spiritual but not religious, the tendency is to emphasize the loner part of being a maverick, of not being part of a team, not being connected. And when you go out alone, especially in the area of spirituality, the, the, the maverick, the loner side of that, there, there seems to be no place for humility, for self-critique. One assumes that one is right. I, I mean, I've, I've talked with individuals, and one of the frustrations is if you share from an article, a reputable journal that that article comes from, if you share from a book you're reading, 
again, a reputable author, the individual that sometimes I find myself talking to, they'll say is, well, you know, you can't believe everything you read. And that's true. But some things are more reliable than others. And then the other one is, they'll say, well, that's your truth. That's their truth. It's not my truth. And so truth becomes this subjective. It's what an individual wants it to be. And because of that, individuals tend not to be open to critique. If you, if you call into question their ideas, if you say, hey, wait, wait, wait a minute, come on. What about this, this, and this? Well, the easiest thing to do is you can just watch the, the, the curtains come down and it's like, well, yeah, but that's not my truth. I think a lot of people that are, well, maybe that's too big. I think there are some. I think there are some individuals that are spiritual but not religious, and in turn, they end up living in a vacuum. Now, literally, the term to live in a vacuum is, or to be in a vacuum, is in a closed space from which all air and other gases have been sucked out. Figuratively, this has the idea of living in isolation, not interacting with others, or having a wide variety of life experiences. If you're living in a vacuum, you can't hear anything else. You can only hear yourself. And occasionally you might run into an individual who is also living in a vacuum, and you might be able to get into their vacuum. But again, you're just, it's like this echo chamber. You're only hearing yourself again and again and again. So being spiritual but not religious, it's, it's a challenge in that. When you do that, you can end up being the maverick with the lone side and not the team player side. Saturday. October 1st, my Nebraska Cornhuskers played Indiana. Cornhuskers, God bless the Cornhuskers. They've been struggling this year. In fact, they've been struggling for the last 20 years. But the one thing that I saw when I was watching the game, and by the way, they didn't end up winning 35 to 21. One of the things that I noticed was that throughout the games, there were some really difficult times when the when the Huskers just really messed up, didn't play well, made mistakes. What's fascinating was that in the past, sometimes they would allow that. You could just see the demeanor on their face just drop, and they would allow that. To, they basically gave up. This time they didn't. They went into the beginning of the fourth quarter tied, 21-21. They won 35-21 because they relied on each other. And perhaps that game will help them realize the benefit of being a team. Yeah, you, as an individual player, you got to play hard. You got to earn your spot. You want to be a starter, which means you have to, to beat out these other people. But in the long run... Yes, you're a loner, 
But at the same time, if you stand there alone, you're not going to win. But if the team can come together, then perhaps the Huskers might be able to, to find something else. And again, I, I know the Huskers have more problems than, than just playing as a team, but it's one of them. And I think the same thing can happen to us as human beings as we just live life. And it can happen in the spiritual realm. You see, again, I believe that being a maverick has both aspects in, in, in common. Yes, being independent, not being branded, being a loner. And at the same time, it involves being a part of something bigger than yourself. To be connected, yes. And to grow because you're part of a team and you're corrected. And with that correction comes growth. It makes a difference. And so we live in this tension. So for those of you who are spiritual but not religious, I hope it's going well for you. If, it, if you find yourself alone, maybe think about connecting with others again. Maybe a church, maybe another spiritual group, but ponder it. But for those of you who are still part of a spiritual, I mean, a religious community, perhaps even a Christian church, and you're getting discouraged because you feel like you're being confined, not a lot of room to explore, well, before you leave, really examine where you're at and ask yourself, what are you going away from? And what do you hope, where do you hope you'll end up? Something to think about, something to ponder. Well, thank you again for being a part of our Mind the Ear with Tony Manier. Whatever you're doing today, I hope it goes well. And stay safe out there. <laughs>